Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open, or you just love the convenience of no-shells pistachios, wonderful pistachios is the perfect healthy snack when hunger strikes. I happen to love me my pistachios. Uh, I don't want to screw around with the nuts, so I love the no-shells pistachios. Anyway, there are a bunch of flavors to choose from, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno, lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts, and each ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. The best part of spring cleaning is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless, and then Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data, unlimited talk and text, delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone and any Mint Mobile plan and bring your own phone number. Along with your existing contacts, ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. My team here, they're on Mint Mobile, and they like it. For a fraction of the cost, Mint Mobile proved to have excellent coverage with no drop calls or unsent texts. Plus, they make it super easy for me to activate my device just by following a few simple steps online. And bam, done. To get this new customer offer and the new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash literally. That's mintmobile.com slash literally. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash Literally, $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Hello! There he is. Oh, look at this. I put a collar on. I didn't need to put it. I know. Look at you. <laughs> I said there's going to be a snapshot at the end. And then my vanity was like, oh, I better put on the shirt with a collar. Oh, <laughs> don't think I don't have vanity, bro. I've got, I mean, I, I'm up with like my wife's mascara, like trying to get rid of the gray. <laughs> exactly. During Corona, all the gray's coming in everywhere. My favorite part about all of this is seeing what celebrities just go, fuck it. Yep, yep. I haven't had much experience with it, but I. <laughs> I know. Why am I talking? about hair. I'm a terrible interviewer. <laughs> what if we did that? What if we talk about hair for the full hour? You can see why I'm bad at this. I'm like, okay, your guest has no hair. Open up with hair talk. Let's talk about hair. This is going to be so fun today. Oh, by the way, I'm Rob Lowe, in case you didn't know. And, and you're listening to literally with Rob Lowe, or is it Rob Lowe literally? You'd think at this point I'd know the title of my own podcast, and you'd be wrong. I hope you guys are having as much fun listening to the podcast as I am doing them. I knew they would be that I might have fun. I had no idea that I would have as much fun as I've been having. Um, and if you're enjoying it, if you could do me a favor, I'd love it if you would go over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Um, because that is really how the word is spread and helps the algorithm and people hear about us and then we become a thing and then I retire from acting and then you don't ever see me again. What you're going to do is you're going to go 
to Apple Podcast and tell them you love the show. I would really appreciate it. Anyway, this is going to be great. Keegan-Michael Key, come on. Funny, sports freak. I mean, Mad TV, Key and Peel. Talk about revolutionary and beyond genius. But most importantly, Donna Meagle's husband on Parks and Recreation. I think that deserves the spotlight shined on it. And the dude is starring with Meryl Streep right now in Ryan Murphy's new movie, Prom. And he's making me feel really inferior. Oh, and by the way, we've recorded this episode back in, uh, I believe it was the middle of May. Uh, so there's a great story that that uh, we share about the amazing Joel Schumacher, who directed St. Elmo's Fire. And in the interim, Joel passed away. So I'm, I'm, I'm dedicating this podcast to Joel. And uh, it's so funny that he was on our minds uh, even before he departed us. So that, that's why we don't talk about him uh, passing away because he hadn't he hadn't passed yet um but you're gonna love this let's have a chat with this guy i used to have a quite a lot of hair very fine hair but i i was i was a kid of the 80s so i grew up i, I was trying to rock that el debarge oh, prince yes. look that like the purple rain look and i had uh. well, i mean i cans and cans and cans of mousse to just to get it to get to get some lift but i didn't have any thickness no thickness. It was very fine hair. So I could get it to go out. I got, I had that look. I was rocking that look for about three years. Remember Stoney Jackson, the actor Stoney Jackson? Do I remember Stoney Jackson? Remember my man? My man Stoney Jackson dropped 43 points in a celebrity basketball tournament that I played in. He, he was a baller. 43 points? Yeah. Yeah, Stoney was nuts. In those celebrity games, very often 43 is the high score for one of the teams. I know. That's I amazing. I had no idea. And he was a karate guy too, right? Yeah. God, it's so great that you bring him up. He was the best. I loved that guy. He was on, what was the show called, Rob? Uh, Pro- Profilers? The Protectors? There was a TV show he was on, oh, on ABC for like a season and a half. That's and right. it was him. And I think it was the guy who was like the bad guy. Oh, I'm going straight 80s here. Who was the bad yes, guy in Dead Zone, that Christopher Walken, Stephen King movie. Yeah. There, was a, there was a guy in that movie. He and, he and Stoney Jackson were stars of this show. It was at the same time that Stoney Jackson did, s- not City on Fire, w- w- Michael Pere and Diane Lane. Oh, Streets of Fire. Streets, Streets of, Fire. of Fire. Streets of Fire and Willem Dafoe. That's, now it's all becoming clear to me. And re- I'm remembering why Stoney would have been in sort of our orbit at that time. Because Streets of Fire was shooting at the same time as St. Elmo's Fire, Back <gasps> yes. to the Future. We were all on the back lot together. We were all at the Universal back lot. The Universal. The same Universal. Time. That, you, oh, you guys shot, did you guys shoot all of those street scenes on the back lot? Yes. All, like the, the apartments in Demi's apartment and everything? The, the, all uh, Universal back lot. The, the apartment still exists, that fire, that fire escape. Um, my favorite, Demi trying to commit suicide by yeah, air conditioner. By air conditioner. You know, as, as people do. <laughs> Um, it's, it's especially when you really, if you really hate yourself, and with that slow, lingering death, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, that is that. That's on Warner Brothers, but all ah. of the bar, all the bar stuff, mm-hmm. exteriors was Universal, and they had tented Universal in because um, they didn't want to. Walter Hill did not want to shoot night shoots on Streets of Fire, which is all nights. So the entire oh. backlot, the entire backlot was tented for Walter. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, that's fa- Wait a minute. Who directed St. Elmo's Fire? 
Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher. Oh my gosh. Yep. That, not his, was not, uh, now if we think about him now, you think it's not his typical bill of fare. But that, right. yeah, that's different that you did the kind of a, a, a personal, grounded human story like Santa Well, I got one for you. Do you know what Joel, Joel Schumacher's movie before it was? No, I, I, I know I don't. And I know, and I know this is going to be right in your wheelhouse. DC Cab. <laughs> Mr. T. <laughs> Come on. DC Cab. Joel Schumacher did DC Cab and Batman and Robin. In fairness, he may have just written it. <laughs> oh, he may oh, have oh. just written it. Okay. Somebody's doing the research. I know he Google either it. wrote it or directed it. <laughs> he wrote, mm-hmm. but, but the fact, to, to me, the fact that that would be in his, uh, be in his orbit at all, of, of like his oeuvre, it's yeah. clearly he took a big shift in, <laughs> in the mid-90s, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, and I love Joel. He was, Joel was always so funny. He, he, written he and directed f- by Joel. Devin just says, Devin says, written and directed by Joel Schumacher. DC Cab. Well done. Good, good. That's a deep dive, Rob. Well, I, I auditioned for it and didn't get it. <laughs> we never forget those. You never forget no, the ones never. that you didn't get, right? Yeah. No, no. I, it, that role went to Gary Busey. Oh, right. Gary Busey, Mr. T. Who else is in that movie? You know, because it was Gutenberg time. Oh, it's all, but, but when is it not? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always Gutenberg time. Wait a minute, was it? 3.09 p.m. Pacific. Gutenberg time. Yeah. Uh, he... It wasn't him, but there's a guy in the movie who's like a Gutenberg archetype, Gutenberg prototype. But I can't remember. I can't remember. Zach who it was. Galligan? Is it Zach Galligan? Maybe it's Zach Galligan from Kremlins. I think it might be Zach Galligan. Guys, look at look at Rob Lowe. Digging. I think it's Zach Galligan. I'm not. I'm. I'm going to stay on. Uh, stay on my manners, and I'm not going to Google it. Listen, I, I'm not going to Google it. I only remember the actors. Of whom I hid in their girlfriends' closets <laughs> when they came home from work. That's that's the only way I. Brian Dennehy. Oh yes. Brad, Brad. <laughs> William William Maybe Devane. Brad. William William Devane. Martin Cove. Yeah. <laughs> Bert Young. Bert. <laughs> oh my God, Bert Young. Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith. All those. Yeah. Uh, Ray Walston. All those. <laughs> I worked with Ray Wall. I worked with Ray Walston, I, I, you know, and I mean, Mr. Hand, among other things. Oh, among the, yes, yeah. And I worked with him on a, on Stephen King's The Stand. Oh, which, yeah, by the way, yeah. people should watch that right now. I mean, since we're going it's through very this, very apropos at this very moment. Yes, exactly. And it's it's very dated, but it's also really really good, and it's a really weird, cool cast. But Ray was in it, and I was just in awe of him. And my my favorite thing was that he loved to take all of the food and the silverware off the catering truck every day and take it back to his hotel. <laughs> like he couldn't get flatware at the hotel. He I know. Like he could make, and maybe even better quality flatware. Yeah. He was, he's, he's the, Listen, you don't, you don't survive as long as Ray Walston in this business without stealing a lot of silverware. You got to steal some cutlery. Or, 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 yeah. or why, why are you even doing this? Why are you even in this industry? No, right? it's really true. <laughs> in, the, in the 80s, so... Prince, did you ever get to know Prince? Did you ever have any dealings with him? I never got to meet him. I never oh. got to meet him, and I never got. And we. And the funny thing is, we both grew up in the Midwest. I'm from Michigan, and right. and, and I'm you're from Ohio, which I think of yep. as the proper Midwest, but also the gateway to the East. Yes, one hundred percent. If you're getting over to Youngstown and you're getting toward Pennsylvania, that's the East to me. One hundred percent. If you ask an Iowan or a Nebraskan or a Missourian, Michiganders and 
Wisconsinites and they're not Midwest. We're not Midwest. We're the North. Oh, no. We're yes. the North. Yes. 100%. 100%. So Illinois, Indiana, they all look at us and go, no, 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 that's the North. That's the North. Yep. But he's yep. from, you know, he was from Minneapolis. Yeah. And, and I always thought he must be, and to this day is still the coolest person from Minneapolis. He's the coolest American that ever lived. But I wait, never- wait, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Walter fucking Mondale. Oh, that's true. Walter Mondale. Come on. Walter Mondale. That's right. I mean. Mondale Ferraro. I mean, you can't. Yes, you can't get past that. No, that's okay. I stand When I think of like, like, like funky, cool, iconic, fashion forward. I'm going maybe with Walter Mondale. (laughs) I'm going Mondale. Mondale. Those ties with those jackets. I know. You're right. You're right. Guy, he was uh, he was on the vanguard, the vanguard of that. <laughs> <And again, laughs> I, I, I love I loved. I, I also think for me, it was my formative years. But I think that was my favorite Prince era. The, the kind of Sergeant Pepper's jackets and the yeah. lace. I liked that better than Dirty Mind and Controversy. I, I, I got that kind of he was doing because he was coming. Kind of, you know, he was in a way like to me, a bit of a, a, a black urban Bowie. For sure. So he had that androgynous thing going oh. on. And then Sign of the Times and all that stuff. I love all that stuff. But that but that that Purple Rain era was so it, it was just feckoned with creativity and 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 pot- the potential of what he would be and, and the different varied types of uh, genres of music he played on that one album. And the way I just I think it's he was he and his work were masterpieces uh, 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 during that time. One of the things I always like to remember, because it speaks so much about people's perception and staying your course in this business and being true to your art, was I saw him open for the Rolling Stones Wow! at the L.A. Coliseum. It would have been 1981. So he just would have had I Want to Be Your Lover on the radio, probably, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. And it was George Thorogood. Um, Prince Rolling Stones, and he got booed off the stage, Prince. Did he really? 100%. Oh my gosh. That's, Which I, like the sounds, and, it's one of, it's one of those memories where I look back, you ever have memories you look back on and go, you know, you must've, you must've you're mistaken m- misperceived that. Yeah, right. Exactly. You're, ha- you're, you're, you're being affected. You're, you're being, um, you're somehow you're experiencing the Mandela effect right now. Cause that didn't happen. You're going, there's I'm no way that you, happened. People were throwing things. Oh, and it wasn't because he was bad. It's like that that for that demo, that yeah. time, it was people were like he and he and and I remember he was uber androgynous on this one. Like it was fishnets, high heels. Mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. like uber 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 androgynous. Prince, right? He was wearing the bustier. And, the bustier, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's with the yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah, and yeah. people were not they having, were having it. it. They were not having it. In L.A., no less. In L.A., but you're right. The demographic was is 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 different. George it's George different. Thorogood's demographic closer to the Stones. I drink alone. Bow do do bow do do. by Jack Daniels and Jim Daniels. <laughs> song is. He's got uh, George Thorogood. I feel. I always wonder. Did he go through a similar regimen as Tom Waits to get that voice? You know what I mean. Oh. You know what I mean. I know. Did they just smoke. To their just, lives away. Exactly, because that's the, that, um, how do you just talk like that regularly? How's that your regular voice? <laughs> you wake up in the morning and go to bed, and that's still your voice. That's something else. 
I like people who have acting voices. Do you know that? Do you have? Do you know people like that who are like you meet, particularly young up and coming actors, and they talk like we're talking right now. Like, yeah, yeah. Are you ready for me on the set? Okay, great. What time's lunch going to be? Great. Okay, okay. And ready and action. I'm not going to do that. It's like yeah, the Christian Bale effect. The Christian Bale. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I heard Morgan Freeman on a director's commentary one time for Million Dollar Baby, and he was saying that he actually was putting gravel into his voice for, for all the narrative stuff, for all the uh, voiceover. And I'm like, you're putting gravel into your voice? Oh, I did not know. I always thought the guy was talented. I'm like, oh, so that's a choice. You're, you're doing that. I, I, did, I just thought that that was naturally how he's up. But he, has, he, he even said he has a VO. There was an atmosphere, a mood that he wanted to give to all the VO he was doing. And he kind of said, and he also, he said in, 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 a, in a manner of speaking, he was impersonating Clint. Wow. So he was trying to do his own thing and impersonate Clint and do this hybrid voice. That was a little different than, you know, the voice when he's just standing there being the trainer, you know, which is a different feel. It has a little more, a little more tenor, a little, he's got, there's a little more tenor to his voice. You know, that's the thing people go, oh, it sounds like Morgan, you know, because he's got more tenor than you think. It's so good. You know, I could listen. I could listen to you do it, do impersonations all fucking day long. Oh, that's sweet. I, I, I love all your impersonations. They're so, there's something about impersonations that that I just, I don't know. It's like seeing a dolphin in nature or hearing a baby's laugh. It just releases a pheromone. Is that funny? I can do the former (laughs) and I can't do the latter. (laughs) <laughs> what does that say about me? But um, I thought that you know, it was fun when I was on Mad TV. I always, uh, I, I, I worked really hard at trying to find. For me, doing impersonations is very much usually it's trying to find an amalgam of two voices, and or finding whatever that neat vocal habit is. Yes, yes. Oh, you, oh, you know what? Before I tell you that, I want to tell you something else. I'm not sure if this is true. I heard this secondhand. So, so. Danny Glover. I can do a Danny Glover impression. And this is, this is a story about, I'm going to, here's my, so my Danny Glover story is, uh, I know a guy, Morgan Freeman was making a show recently talking about his films. And so Danny was like, Danny was going, you brothers are funny. You brothers are funny. <laughs> so Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman told a story on the show that he was doing that when Danny, Danny Glover had seen Shawshank Redemption and had come to him to tell him how much he enjoyed Shawshank Redemption. And he walks up to Morgan and he goes, me, 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 Morgan, my, my I got to tell you, man, I just saw that movie last week. You were so good in the Shrimp Shrimp production. <laughs> I'm sorry, the Shrimp Shrimp? You're it. Telling me I'm in the shrimp shrimp production. <laughs> you were so good in the shrimp shrimp production. Shrimp shrimp reduction. Shrimp. The shrimp shrimp reduction. I was not aware that I did two movies last year. I did. Oh my God. Uh, that's the shrimp shrimp reduction. And then oh. this is Jordan Peele's Danny Glover. Riggs, 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 Riggs. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 Riggs, 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 Riggs. There's a bomb on my dick. <laughs> That's shit. <laughs> That's like, it's the best. The, the, the fact that 
back to the get that. We got a tattoo. A tattoo like Papa? Like Papa? Like Papa? We got a tattoo like Papa? He's like Papa. He says Popeye 74 times in three seconds to the little boy because he's trying to see if someone has a tattoo like Martin Riggs tattoo. I'm going to go back. Oh my God. I'm going to go back and look at that. You'll love it. It's like, I worked with Danny on, well, first of all, I used to do, I, I, when I was younger, I was really, 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 really deep political active. And, and, and I was on that circuit with all those guys. And, um, Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, we were we were all just to the left of Che Guevara, um, <laughs> and and then years later, I I worked with him on Brothers and Sisters, and he was playing Sally Field's love interest. I love it. Who also was my campaign manager as I was like running for president or whatever I was doing. He took three hours to get from his trailer to the set, but he left when they said leave. Really? Isn't he wasn't like Oh, he wasn't he wasn't holding up in the trailer. He was definitely Oh, no, 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 making, no, no. He's, he was he's definitely making his way to set. He's a total pro. Yeah. But he's the he's the fucking tin man. <laughs> he, he he literally pre-oil. Is like pre-oil. Th- th- he is mm-hmm. a very stiff human. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of yeah, yeah. It's that yes, the mobility is uh, is a fact. There's not a lot of not a lot of mobility, yeah. Yeah. and he's in great shape. Like he looks like a billion dollars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Still, you're saying still, on brothers still. and sisters, and that's fit ten five years, years ago. Five yeah, years ten, ago, years ago. Five years ago. But um, so he also eats. Everything on the Does set. He really? Like so, so the brothers and sisters was totally predicated on us eating all the time. I hated it. It was like I, I signed up for a show where I got to run for president. I ended up on a show where all I did was bake waffles with Sally Field. <laughs> right. Anyway, so um, the the he would eat. You know, food on a set, as as you know, it's supposed to be there for eighteen hours. Sometimes you stop you don't even finish the scene and you walk away and you come back the next day it's the same food oh no oh yes but, but yes 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 no You're danny up the scene the next yes danny didn't i, I guess that he must have never eaten in his previous movies <laughs> I, I guess not yeah so he just he would just dig in oh he ate everything He'd just dig in did, uh, prop food, your prop food, he'd eat off your plate, and then it would be like he would he would go to to like the one of the little PAs goes, uh, um, um, hot dogs. Oh, there's a hot dog at the craft service. Rob, and they would bring him chili dog. Oh, I'm sorry, it was chili dog. Chili dogs, that chili dogs. Thing. Oh, that's that, okay. You just made the story quantum better. But that was make you do it. Let me get one of them chili pops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's amazing. You're like, I'm sorry, Mr. Glover, chili pops? A Coca-Cola, Mr. <laughs> oh, and by the way, and I'll get into that, but my last Danny thing, he's like, the, he's very similar to the actor Edward James Olmos, who I've also worked with. <laughs> yeah, I love Eddie. I, I worked with it, Eddie too, yeah. Fucking best. The, the I mean, best. First, the best. First of all, they're great actors. They're They're just, they're great. Full of integrity, mm-hmm. full of integrity, but he's also the kind of guy that will like hold up production 
while he's on the phone talking to a third world dictator. Yeah, no, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guys, I'm still, I'll be there in a second with Maduro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One, one hundred percent talking to Maduro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah so yes, yeah, so, no, he's a uh, you know. I. contras. Yeah, that's all you hear. It's it's clearly a movie from night. Oh, an- uh, just uh, it just popped in. Another great I can do. Another great. Yes, the one and only Billy D. Williams. Ugh. Billy D. Williams did Key and Peele, and where he was, where it was a great, it was a fun little concept too. We did a sketch where we're hanging out the laundromat. I'm an old uncle. I'm like I'm like I'm like a Danny. I'm like a Danny Glover type of character. My <laughs> nephew is over here at the laundromat with me. I was like, hey, man, what's going on? And, or, or he's, he's the uncle. I'm sorry. He's the uncle. I'm the nephew. There's, we played so many uncles and nephews and brothers and sisters. And, and, you know, so he was the uncle. And he's like, hey, man, what's going on, Nate? And I was like, hey, not much, uh, Uncle Darnell. And he's like, man, you know everything's popping off right here at the laundromat. And I was like, and, and so he's trying to make the laundromat th- the barber shop in, right. in the African-American community. And yes, so, exactly, uh, right, and right, so right. eventually I'm trying to be a good nephew and stick around with my uncle. And it's just the doldrums. It's, it's, it's abjectly depressing. And then <laughs> across the street is a barbershop and there's the guys are having the time of their lives. And at one point in time, I'm like talking to my, my uncle. I'm like, Hey, it's going to be okay. Uncle Darnell. <gasps> Holy shit. That's Lando. And I see, I see Billy D Williams across the street. So while we're shooting, so that's the sketch. So while we're shooting, I'm coming out of my trailer one day and Billy's driving up. He's driving up in his, like his S class, very tasteful black mm-hmm. Mercedes. And not too much, over. not too not, little. Not too much, Perfect. not too little. Nice car, Mm-mm. a luxury yep. vehicle, but not, you know, not too soupy, not too snazzy. Mm-hmm. Gets out of his car, black linen shirt, loose mm. black linen pants, loafers uh, with, the, with the weaving in them, right? You know, like, uh, and, a, and a beautiful collared scarf. We're talking about a two, two to three and a half inch thickness, right? Just a nice a cravat. A cravat. Yes, a cravat, if you will. Loosely tied. Mm-hmm. Devil may care. And he's walking out and he's like, how's it going? And our, our base camp PA goes, uh, Mr. Williams, it's a pleasure to meet you. My name is Elliot. Um, so uh, your trailer will be over here. And we just wanted to know if you brought any uh, wardrobe with you. <laughs> Billy just turns and looks at Elliot and goes, you're looking at it. <laughs> and then just walks away and just goes, you're looking at it. And I mean, it's, he's oh. the best. But then he had a very hard out. And I, sometimes I'm wishy-washy, Rob. Like, I'll have a hard out, and then I'm, I just turn into a marshmallow. You know, I, do, I give him another 10. I know. You know what it is? It's the, I say it's the Midwestern people pleaser. Midwestern people 100, pleaser. No, I'm not kidding. You it's know. It's 100% the Midwestern. I know. I know. It's in, our, it's in our DNA. It's so hard to overcome. And, mm-hmm. and so, I, so Billy had, he had an out. He had a hard out. And we were in the we're in the shop we're in the in the barber shop and there and unfortunately there was a clock a very prominent clock in the barber shop and so Billy would just keep looking at the clock and Peter you, Peter was at Video Village about twenty five yards away right and the door is open so Peter could hear us talking in there and Billy just turns he looks at the clock and he's like Pete I don't know what to tell you buddy but I gotta go <laughs> Pete. And he's like, what, P, what time is it? He goes, Billy, it's about 1.20. Oh, man. Hard out. 1.30. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. Hey, and, then, and, then, and then we're like, P, we're almost there. Like, one more setup. Yeah, Billy, and he goes, all right, sounds good. And he turned to me and go, nah, it's that freeway right there. Is that the 110 or the 10? Is that gonna- <laughs> 
like, he's like, I got to make my way to Santa Monica. Got to be there at 2.15 p.m. Oh, Pete! <laughs> gotta go! I gotta go! I mean, but that velvet, you know, oh, my God. Uh, you know, you I mean, know you're a baller when you just, hey, you walk out of your car in your clothes, you get on the van in your clothes, you get on set in your clothes, you shoot in your clothes, and you go home in your clothes. There's no dude, minute. that's the... Adam Sandler made a career out of it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Where else can you go surfing and skiing in the same day? Or check out a world-class art museum and camp out under a brilliant night sky same day. Or hike through the redwoods and get a luxury spa treatment. There's only one answer, California. No matter where you go across this state, you will find a way to play. I, look, I love California. Um, and I have not yet surfed and skied in the same day, although I do do both. So that is on my bucket list. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. Looking for a sparkling clean bathroom without so much hassle? Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner is here to revolutionize your cleaning future. Just spray today, rinse tomorrow, and voila! Enjoy a sparkling clean shower and tub without any scrubbing. It's the secret to a hassle-free clean bathroom that many are discovering. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner has proven its effectiveness on shower glass, fixtures, tiles, and more, ensuring everything shines with minimal effort. This product has gained a loyal following thanks to its once-a-week application that makes it a standout in the cleaning aisle. Join the ranks of satisfied users who enjoy more me time and less clean time with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner, available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. It's the perfect choice for anyone wanting to simplify their cleaning routine. Don't miss out on a chance to transform your bathroom cleaning with just one application a week. Pick up a bottle of Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner today and join the thousands who've already made the switch to Effortless Clean. The weather is getting warmer. It's time to ditch the jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. But there's no need to waste money on clothes that only last one season, with Quince. Now you can get high-quality pieces that never go out of style. You'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts for $30, performance polos, and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering with the top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman and passes the savings directly on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. My producer recently made an order for Quince, and here's what he had to say. I'm really excited to revamp my closet with Quince. I cannot wait for my items to arrive from Quince. You know, I'm a sweater guy. I was looking at that burgundy cashmere crew neck. I love the blue chore jacket. Maybe I'll throw some joggers in there. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash Rob for free shipping on your order 
and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Rob to get free shipping and 360-day returns. Quince dot com slash Rob. By the way, so Billy D. Williams, can we just take a minute to give it up for Brian's song? Oh, God. Oh, my God. I mean, I have a theory that of a certain demographic, the first time you cried as a male was watching Brian's song. Uh, Always. Uh, You said as a male, for me, it would have been, you know, reruns on a movie, so it would have been my formative years. But that's when you certainly don't want to cry. Yes. I'm a little older than you. And when that movie came on with uh, Brian's song with with, uh, James Uh, Caan. James Caan. Oh, and it God. just those movies open you up. Okay, now I'm, I'm gonna and I'm gonna. Okay, I'm just gonna do. It. I'm gonna confess. I'm gonna confess. It's not because I'm a Lions fan, but I'm gonna confess anyway. As big a sports fan as I am, as much as I love a tearjerker, I'm gonna admit it right here on the podcast. I've never seen Brian's song. Oh no! Oh no! Never, I've never seen it. I said, Oh I'm no! I'm not afraid. I know who I am. Look, I'm gonna say it. I've missed that one. Look. I know it's a, a movie about the Chicago Bears, so you're going to yeah. have to hold your it's, nose. It's hard for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I understand. I understand. But I am telling you, if, if you do nothing else with your life. I have to see that movie. I got to see that movie. You have to see that movie, those two in that movie. It's really dated and really funny. And it's a great look at what, what football was like. like yes. Pro, yeah. I, like you and I'm, I'm a big football guy like you, and 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 to look back on what, it's you know Coach Hallis and the whole it's oh it's yeah, awesome. yeah yeah oh that's right because he was still alive and coaching at that time that's yeah right, that's right that, that that Papa Bear was still there and how I, do you how do you how do you survive as a as a Lions fan how do you live with yourself you know what I mean here's the thing I am by nature an optimistic person mm-hmm. so so innately. So that's really the only way. The funny thing is, I, I, I'm a glutton for punishment. For the longest time that's in my it. life, my, my, my mother came from, my mother's from Illinois. My grandfather was a White Sox fan, but I liked the Cubs. And I wanted to root for the Cubs. My father, grandfather would watch the Cubs games and the White Sox games. So I was a Cubs fan and a Lions fan. The yeah. Cubs gave me hope. The Cubs, and, and of course, I'm a Tigers fan, but I feel like I'm allowed to have an AL team and yes. an NL team. I'm allowed yes, to have you my are, hometown sure. team, AL, an American League team. I'm also allowed to have a National League team. Now, you're from Cle- you're from Ohio. From Dayton, you, so... You're Dayton, so are you a Bengals fan? Here's what's interesting. Yeah. Health, fucking no. Uh-huh, okay. To that. <laughs> okay. Um, although, with Joe Burrow going there, who I, I met, he's awesome. I, I ran he's into a, him. He's a good kid? He's a great, great kid. Yeah. Got yeah. his head on straight. He's Awesome. And he's, he look he does legitimately look like a young Tom Brady. We'll see, obviously. No, we'll, Long yes, way we'll to see. Go. I, yeah, definitely his strides and his dropbacks. He looks like Brady. Yeah, he's got similar Brady. mechanics. To, he's yep. similar mechanics to Brady. And it seems like a, a, a similar temperament to Brady. But if you're from yep. Dayton, if you're from Dayton, do you typically root for, uh, for the Browns or for the Bengals? Dayton's a little... It's in the middle. I know. It's in the and, middle, and right. here's here's what's weird. In the era I grew up there, would have been you know from, you know when I was born in '64, and I lived there. I lived there until '70, uh, mid late '75. So we were uh, Brian Sype. He was just after. Just after you left. Okay. And I liked Brian. Sipe. No, we, you know we were Steelers fans. Really? 
Yeah. I mean, you think about it. Pittsburgh is not that far away. Not that away. far. Not that far. And that was, and dude, I was Lynn Swan with the breakaway jersey with oh. my Nerf football. Come on, man. Oh, oh me too. Lynn Swan was my hero. I met, here's the thing. I went to the NFL, my wife and I went to the NFL Honors. So I hosted the NFL Honors about three years ago. And my wife was the- uh, By the way, that player. show is great. It's great. I, I presented one year. I don't remember. It was great. It's such a great evening. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, it is a great evening. It's, it's like being in a candy shop. So my wife, yes. Elle, was the head writer. So we got to work with all of the, she put the, the, the program together and, she, and, we, and, we, and we're both football fans. I've married a, a football fan. She's a giant Smart fan. man. Smart. And, yeah, I oh, know. Makes life so much easier. So much oh, easier. With, she, she, I mean, she's in there in the couch next to me. And I just looked at her longingly. I'm like, I, I love you so much. You're watching the draft. She's like, watch the draft. I told you to come in here and watch the, the, the 23rd, 23rd overall picks happening. So, um, <laughs> and she's just, tech, and, and also she's, tech, we, so, uh, we have become good friends with um, some, you know, with certain players and, and people who work at, on certain organizations. So we can text like the president of the Lions and stuff like that, which is really great. It's great to know those people and be involved in that community in that way. But it, it, it's it's the th- here's the thing. If I never stop, if I ch- I'm trying to answer your question, Rob, if I cheated and I said, oh, forget it, I'm going to go root for an AFC team or a different. I have other NFC teams that I, I root for. I have friends on. But I'm a Lions fan through and through because let's say I'm 66 years old and the, and the Lions go to the Super Bowl. I want to be able to be one of those guys who has that story that I've been a fan mm-hmm. since Billy Sims played for them at, when yes. he was rookie of the year in the league in 1980. Oh, yeah. and, and that I've, I've been watching since Jeff Chandler, Billy Sims, Eric Hipple to this day. And that I will I, – I, I, the losing is almost – it's almost delicious if they ever get to the promised land. Okay, so then you're so you then you can answer this question. <laughs> Why did and I and this is awful because he's one of the mo- one of the most famous running backs of all time, and I'm drawing a blank. Barry Sanders. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Suddenly retire with when he was because here's what I heard. I heard he retired because he respected Walter Payton so much that he didn't want to break his record. That has to be bullshit. I, I call bullshit on that. That Me too, but you've heard true. it. Have you heard I've the same heard, thing? I've heard, I've heard that that story. I think it's apocryphal and not true. Right. I, 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 I mean, it's definitely apocryphal, but it's not true. Yeah. And I feel like even though, he, and, and the reason that's, here's how I think the story got perpetuated. Because he is such a mild-mannered and soft-spoken person, that, that, that somehow someone feels that that means he's not competitive. He's an extremely competitive person. I've been at football games with him. And in his own way, there's this, fierceness that simmers underneath that you used to see in the cuts and the moves. I also believe that there was a bit of a toxic environment in the Detroit Lions uh, organization at that time. Mm. And, and that environment no longer exists. Um, some players were frozen out and were not asked, they're not treated like alum. And now right. the, the, the culture that's there now uh, with Rod Wood and, and Bob Quinn, the general manager, and, and I love Coach Patricia. He's a smart, smart, smart guy. Oh, yeah. The, brilliant guy. Um, they're trying to bring all the older players back into the fold. They want them to have to feel like they have the opportunity to mentor. The two best players the Lions have had in the last 30 years both left after nine after nine seasons when they were still in their prime. Calvin and Barry, and both mild-mannered guys. So that, to me, tells me there's some small culture issue, and they're addressing that right now, which I'm thrilled about. Absolutely. That's so great. Yeah, because they're, I mean, it's a great, it's a great franchise. uh, And, you know, you'd love to see them do it. Maybe the the Bengals will be the same. The Bungles, as we call them. The Bungles, the Bungles, right. It's so funny that I didn't, I only noticed right now 
that uh, you are you were surrounded by a triangle of three AFC teams. Yeah. So you you root for the Steelers, but then the Bengals are there and the Browns, all AFC teams. And the same thing. It's a it's in my area. It's a battery of NFC teams because Detroit and Chicago are about five hours away from each other by car. And it's not it's um it's funny how those had happens regionally like that. How did you so? I, just a quick sidebar. So the the. I got turned on to the whole the East West Bowl stuff <laughs> by by um my buddy Chris Pratt. We were working on Parks and Rec, and yes. we got to talk about that in a minute too. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and Pratt was laughing his ass off, just screaming in his phone. I go, "What is this?" He goes, "You got to see this." And so he showed me probably the first iteration of it. Um, what is your favorite crazy real NFL name? Uh, my, I, I think hands down, I'm, I'm going to give you one and then I'm going to give you an honorable mention. By the way, the fact that you have a hands down one it has me so excited. I, ha- I have a hands down and I have uh, um, a second, but that's based purely on um, nostalgia because uh, the second person, his name is a favorite of mine and dear to my heart because he's the reason we wrote the sketch. So, oh, okay. okay yeah. So, so num- number one, a former Cleveland Brown, Barkevius Mingo. Oh. I think Barkevius Mingo is a is is a masterpiece of a name. Oh. And by the way, he has a brother who I don't know if he played in the league or not, but his name is Hugtavius Mingo. H-U- Come on, H U G H T A V I O U S. Hugtavius Mingo and Barkevius Mingo. Now, the second, the honorable mention, the runner-up is of course. DeBrickashaw Ferguson. First of all, if your first name is Jim or Bob and your last name's Ferguson, just Ferguson is already spicy. In the normal name world, spicy yeah. enough. DeBrickashaw? Amazing. That is so... Okay, my, my favorite for sure. Yes. He's so famous now that the name is almost... You forget how insane it is. Right. Plaxico Burris. Plaxico... <gasps> of course! Plaxico Burris. Plaxico. Pla- Plaxico, which which could e- it could be two things. It's like um, bad dentistry in Mexico. Yes. Or it sounds like it, it in a way sounds as if he could be the name of a company that sells um, like high end plastics. Yeah. Or or it's actually he's plastic himself. Like I, I thought. Is it, is it ah. one of those things where, where like mom was like, you know what? My son is going to be a badass. He is going to ruckus people in the NFL. He's going to be tough as shit and a, a warrior. And he's going to be made of gnarly Plaxico. Right, and, and they're not going to like Plaxico. It sounds like an essential tough element, right? It's Area 51 shit. It's, it's Area 51 shit. Oh. It's, it's <laughs> what you put in the, the flying, the mystery flying wing. It's actually. Exactly. It's like, oh, guys, we have a, a 2.6 on the Plaxico meter. Are you down to clown with the coldest to ever do it? The coldest to ever do it. Oh, wait a second. He's a high school senior high who's school going senior. who's going to LSU, I believe, um, this next year. The coldest. Check coldest. it out. Read it. Read it. Read it. Get, yeah, do, do a, oh, check. Oh, I, now I understand. I'm reading. Oh, it's D E accent mark C O L D E S T. My my man's first name is the coldest. I mean, that's amazing. That that I think I think it should just jump to the to the top of the list for me. The coldest is my shit. 
the coldest to ever to ever do it. Hi, I'm to Hi, I gotta go. Okay, I gotta go. You're looking at it. Here's the toughest one. Here's the toughest one. Here's some pressure. What was my girl thinking when she named her son Peerless Price, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills? You can't name, like, okay, so Plaxico, that's inspired. Here's, right, my, wait, here's my thing on that. Here's my thing on that. She's got the alliteration going, mm-hmm. which is not common. That's There's true. There's not a lot of alliteration in these You're names. You're right. Actually, they go. They usually try to go divergent with yes. sounds. So, yes. so I think the 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 the, uh, the alliteration is, is pleasing to the ear. And peerless is actually a nice word. I like yes. the word. But what it, the connotation? Now, there's two ways to look at it. The positive way is to say he's going to be peerless. We're naming him peerless. And the other connotation is you'd better be peerless. <laughs> you know See, I, mean? I get. I get it's a baller move. I get you get baller it, move. Yeah, like if you want to draft him, yeah, then you, the you, the the price will be peerless. His 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 name should be peerless, priceless, right? It, yes, or, it, or yeah, peerless price point. Peerless price point. Yeah, peerless price Ike. Oh, I got another one. So when I was at home in Detroit, a friend of mine told me a story years ago. I lost my favorite story. Um, a guy, her brother, was moving into a building in Detroit. And he had a hard time getting this chair up the stairs. And this, uh, this uh, older African-American gentleman came out and helped him with the chair to get it into his apartment. And, he, and he, uh, he said, oh, God, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. And he said, hey, man, anytime you need some help, I'm here for you, man. You just call me Bominicious. And this guy's name was Kevin. And he was like, oh, okay. It's a pleasure to meet you, Bominicious. And he lived, <laughs> he lived in this apartment for three years. And he saw, you know, Bominicious every day. And then when he finally moved out of the apartment, the guy said to him, the guy, he said, hey, Kevin, man, let me ask you a question, man. You moving out, and it was a good, good having you as a neighbor. I was glad to meet you, get to know you a little bit, but I have a question for you, bro. You live in this building three years. Every time you see me, you call me Bominicious. Now, what the hell is that all about? He said, well, the first day we met, that's what you told me to call you. He said, no, boy, I told you to call me by my initials. <laughs> I just want someone to hear the story and one day name their child Bominicious Ferguson. That's a quarterback. That's a quarterback. That's name. A, that's a that is a that is an SEC quarterback name. One hundred percent SEC quarterback name. That guy goes to Mississippi State. Bominicious. Yeah, Bominicious Ferguson. Three touchdowns of the day, career day. And we'll be right back after this. Hey, listeners, ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. 
They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here there. But when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash ev6 kia movement that inspires now i have to ask you a question about language and pronunciation of words were you did you learn first of all i don't know if it was cantonese or mandarin what language were you speaking in wayne's world it's um that is actually Cantonese. It's not Mandarin. It's Cantonese. Did, did you learn it? Did you learn it uh, uh, phonetically? Or did I did. You- I, I learned it. I learned it phonetically. They had. I had a, a, a tape that I had to listen to. Yeah. Um. And it, and I, I to this day sometimes you know people will, who speak Cantonese will stop me on the street and hit me with Cantonese. I'm like you're like I, I got. I'm- I can order cream of some young guy. <laughs> I can do that. That's. A, that's- that's the, that's, top all I of my, that's the top of my skill list. Um, um, I love Mike Myers so much. I love Mike oh. Myers. I just thought it was great. And, 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 and I just think that he's wonderful. Not, I, I just think that he's wonderful. And I, I love that you work with him. You did two movies together. When we did, when, when we, the first time they previewed um, uh, uh, Wayne's World. Yeah. When he said cream of some young guy, they laughed so hard and so long they had to go back and recut the movie. That's what's, you know, it's really interesting about movies today. I wonder because really? in, in, in the day where comedies, where comedies were movies and you really only saw them in movie theaters. That's and right. And maybe a, a year later it would be on 
uh, you know, Showtime or HBO. This right. is not that far away. I mean, Wayne's World is in this era I'm talking about. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You would literally have to cut um, pauses for the audience to laugh. That's right. Like, they, it's, 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 it's interesting. They used to do that. Um, you know, we, we were texting with Mike yesterday. And Mike and I have actually had, and we're very good, we're good friends. And we were having that conversation about classic movies. And the Marx Brothers film Animal Crackers was, mm-hmm. a fil- was a show that they had done. They, you know, they'd strung a plot together for the movie, but it was a show they had done on Broadway. So it was a, a, a review in a way, or a vaudeville right. review. Right. And because they had honed it so well, they cut pauses into that movie all over the place because they knew exactly where the laugh lines were and the duration of the laughs because they had done they, because they had done the uh, the stage show for those bits those routines f- for a, a, few, a couple of years on Broadway and 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 I think it's fascinating that you don't see that anymore. The Nutty Professor, the the remake, the Tom Shadiak remake with Eddie Murphy. In the first dinner scene, you have to go back and see the movie. I don't care how much pausing they put in that. You have to see that movie in the movie theater twice. At least there's no way around it. Too much rolling laughter, too much rolling laughter. It's just yeah. the rolling laughter. If you watch, if you watch uh, next time Wayne's World is on TV. Yeah. Just notice that moment. And and literally he says, I'll have the cream of some young guy. And then it cuts to like Dana just nodding. One, one thousand, two, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, four. Like, what the fuck? Jesus. And it's interesting. I'm going to look out for that now because they they covered it organically with with Garth laughing at it. Yeah, well, exactly. Sn- sniggering at it. Right. Yeah, exactly. 100%. But but like you don't we we consume things so so rarely um just in theaters anymore. I wonder if people are 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 still taking that into account like a crowd's rolling laughter as opposed to three people sitting in a living room. Yeah, I know I think that part I mean we on on we would show all of our sketches, we would screen all of our sketches at our interstitial tapings, we would do two days or three days of interstitial tapings for Key and Peele and for the first two seasons. And it was always helpful. But then that crowd was already so young. And that's that's um, six years ago, seven years ago. That crowd watching the show is already, you know, anchored to these phones. Sure. So that you're, you're going, we took a lot of pride in programming and curating the order of the sketches and where the interstitials would come in and how they came out and what we would start with, what was the lead in, what's the credential scene, what's going to be the blow. Uh, we did all that work. And I always, still to this day, I wonder if it's helpful in, in this day, in this era, I wonder if it's right. helpful. A sketch show like SNL in 1975, as opposed to a sketch show like SNL now or Upright Citizens Brigade, those shows, I, I still wonder, I mean, they were always crafting it for the role, for the role. Right. And now I don't know that we ha- it's so much more fractured now. I don't know that we need to do it. What? Um, tell me about Parks and Recreation. We missed each other because I think you came in the I know, season. we didn't see each other. I think you came in the, the last, well, it was I had, Ann, per- Ann Perkins and I had moved to Michigan. You must have been happy about that. Yes, always. Always yes. happy when a character moved to Michigan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, um, we, I had the time of my life. And I, I love Retta. I just love Retta, first, because I did all my scenes with I, I played her husband. And, um, and it's fun to be around. It's always fun to be around Amy. Amy's a, actually a very big inspiration to me. I just mentioned up at Citizen Brigade, her, her colleague, Ian Roberts, was one of our showrunners on Key and Peele. And I, of such a lovely, friendly set, but it, it's one of those sets that you know is because that group has spent so much time together. And I remember the day 
First of all, I love the moho. The fact that people would stay in that motorhome, I thought that was the, such a um, great. The moho is unbelievable. So, 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 folks listening, it's traditional on these shows, on any show. Every uh, actor has their own. Um, place to stay. And if you're a, y- a young actor, you might be packed into three little mini apartments called a Winnebago or whatever. But as you get to be a lead in a TV series, you have your own motorhome. Your own motor. You get your own, own trailer. Motor. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But on Parks and Rec, we had the Moho and that was one trailer and we all shared it. And it was great. It was such a great idea to have that community, have everybody yep. be there together like that. Um, and, and I remember Aubrey and I having such a good time improvising on set. I, I, I do this often sometimes, and maybe more often than I should, <laughs> where I'll, when, when you cut, the, I'll, 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 I won't come out of character. I'll play a character in the scene. And then if I start a nice improv groove with somebody, I'll play a character when they say cut with that person. And I remember Aubrey Plaza was my acting coach, and she also happened to be in the show I got hired on. So she was like the desperate acting coach who could never get a real gig. Amazing. That's amazing. So, so, so we had our own little storyline that we were only doing for us. And it was me and Aubrey. And, and so, we, you know, they say action and we do the scene and it was cut. And she's like, mm, okay, not exactly what I was looking for. Listen, the direct, what the director's telling you, I would take more as guidelines than anything else. <laughs> So and great. We'd just go back and forth, and it was so great. It was so much fun. But but that set engendered that kind of imagination oh, and fun. We, we were just staying in the moho. We, I remember my my favorite moho set uh, thing was there was a moment when you you have to Google it because it's so good. Brad Pitt did a much reviled um, Gucci ad. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. I remember where he's like he's like talking gibberish, and yep. it was before Matthew McConaughey stole that whole raison d'etre for commercials and um <laughs> yeah exactly and and so we recreated it we we wrote it we reshot it we did the whole i played pit of course and, <laughs> right and, right right and we shot that in the moho and that's what we did on our on our time off we were making fun of people and, and shooting stupid fake commercials you shot it in the moho i love it i absolutely love it and yeah, yeah. I, th- I think Aziz, aziz was came up with a uh because the lighting is so weird in it if you watch it Aziz came up with a, a flashlight and a water bottle that if you crinkled the water bottle, it put these sparkles on my face. It was amazing. like amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Was, That's absolutely very, amazing. I know Pratt has it on his phone. It's one of those things that like, I've got to, I got to figure out a way to steal it. I, this is where I need the Russians to collude. I might be able to help. That's you the Pratt. stuff I want off the internet. I, I will make that me and my wife's mission that we will get that video from Pratt. Will you do that? I think I, I might have an in. He, love, he, love, he loves you, as you know. He's a massive fan. It, we, and, and we are massive fans of him. I, I just adore him and his, um, um, but I know, I know his mother-in-law. So I know, and, and as do you, as yeah, do you. Yeah, yes, of course. How do you know Maria? How do you know Maria? Um, I, we, our, our kids are uh, contemporaries of one another. I see. Our fam- I see. The, that, the Schwarzenegger Shrivers are like the Lowe's second family and vice versa. They, 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 speaking of engendering things, that, that family does that. That family at large does that. They're very yes. good about, you know, we've, we have lots of friends in the, within the family and it's, and it's, uh, they, they treat you so beautifully and they're just the loveliest, loveliest people. Yeah. Tell me, okay. I got, I've got to hear, I've got to, got to, got to hear. Got to hear. About the, about the Ryan Murphy movie. About prom. Oh. Dude, wow. you got it. You got to spill the beanolas. 
Um, first of all, um, uh, it was it, it it was given his work, given his oeuvre of yeah. work, I, as precise and as beautiful as everything was. I was expecting actually a more um, controlled kind of regimented set, but it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't. No. It was so loose. And so free. And I, 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 Ryan, you know, Ryan loves a steady cam. He loves a yes. steady cam. Oh, he does. Because he yeah, likes sure. to keep everything kind of open and free. And then, and, and I, what am I even, what am I, I mean, Rob, what am I supposed to even say? It's, it's Meryl Streep. It's Meryl Streep. You're working with Meryl. I, okay. Her love interest. Wait, walk, what? okay. Walk me through the minute you lay eyes on her for the first time. <laughs> You're like, holy shit. Okay. It was, first of all, I was lucky enough to have been at the premiere of the second season of Pretty, Pretty Little Lies. So she was there. And Elle, I remember Elle, she kind of just squeezed my forearm. She's like, there's, <clears throat> there's Meryl. There's Meryl. And I was like, okay. And she's like, just slow down, breathe. <laughs> so oh. I you know, and so took a deep breath. And then I just walked over to Meryl. And, and, and she was talking to a couple. And then she'd finish with the couple. And then you kind of, you know, you know, do the thing when you're at those parties, with those after parties, yep. and you just kind of have to put hands on shoulders. Yes. And so I, you know, oh, and then she turned around and then she just looked at me and she just goes, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, here he is. And it was, I, 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 and then my, 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 my spirit left my body, went to heaven yes. and then came yes. back down. And I, she was just as gracious as she could be. Oh. Showed us her the picture of her brand new grandson, and and, mm. and and then she said this, which I almost guess like I expected Meryl to say. And she's like, she's going, "Here's my this is our this is my brand new grandson." And she's showing us a picture on the phone, and her and her son-in-law is Isik, so he's probably like a shade darker than me. And she goes, she goes, "Look at this, isn't that great? Isn't he gorgeous? God, finally some a little bit of color in this family." <laughs> Exactly, exactly what Meryl would say. And the only other time, she was so gracious. And she's got this great, deep, cackly belly laugh. James Corden is on the set. So James Corden's got, for, you know, Corden's like a story machine. So, he'll, yes. it, it, so it's, at any point in time, you're either watching people huddled around Corden, and then mm -hmm. there's an eruption of laughter. You, you give it like two minutes, and there's an eruption mm -hmm. of laughter. Or you're in the group of people around Corden, and, and he tells always the most interesting stories. And you just hear Meryl just go, just go, ha! ha! Like, she's got the, she's, it's, you can't. Wait, do me, do, do, just really quickly, do um, Danny Glover ordering something with Meryl Streep. <laughs> because what it would be is, he would go, Meryl, 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 no, 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 Who's there, Danny? Big one, Sammy. Uh, I don't know. Uh, big, big one to say to me, what, Danny? Big one to say to me, what, Danny? Big one to say to me, And she just does a lot. And she does a lot of this. She does a lot of this. Meryl Streep does a lot of this. She goes. <laughs> she smacks her knee. She, she literally in, smacks her like knee like she's in the. Uh, like, like she's in, in the country down. bear jamboree. In, in the country bear jamboree. She, she's just. She's just, you know, brassy and there and earthy and, and every, she just, you know what it is, is as stately and as graceful as she is. Mm -hmm. What's, what really 
gets me about Meryl is how available she is emotionally. And that's something that means that she's hold, she has held on to that child in her, that the, ch the, the, the child part of her gets relinquished and, and it, it comes out and that's what everything that we see, that magic that we see is her having after so many decades, never letting go of that little, that child in her heart. Cause I'll, I'll, I'll see her, you'll, Meryl Streep, you'll see her on the sixth, seventh take, right? And a very technical shot because Ryan wants the shots to be gorgeous and on this really technical shot. And she's just right there as present and emotionally available as she was on the first take because she's playing. She's playing, she's having fun. And she's been doing this her whole career. And she tells you the best stories. I was talking to her about the deer hunter. Mm. And she said, and she said, she said, I was doing an, uh, she was doing a um, performance, uh, a run of Anton Chekhov's The Seagull. And she said she was playing the, the nurse. And she said, and I, any opportunity I had to fall down or do a pratfall anywhere, I did it. And De Niro came and saw it with, with the producers. And she goes, and you know, Bob doesn't, you know, you, you've met Bob. He's not, he's quiet, quiet. but he's always listening, always present to kind of what's going on in the machinations of everything. Yeah. And, and she said, the reason he hired me is he, he could see, he could, she said, he could see I was a show off, which uh -huh. meant that I, he, he knew enough to look beyond that, to know that I'm, I'm, I'm extrapolating this, that she had enough courage to hang with heavy weights like John and Chris Walken, and Bob. Like, it's Bob De Niro. Are you yeah. going to be able to handle it, or are you going to crumble under the pressure? And he could tell by her performance that she mm. wants to be there. She, she, right. Meryl Streep's a wide receiver. Meryl Streep is Jerry Rice. She'll go across the middle. She, she'll go across the middle, and she wants the ball. And it's it, I, No it's, one goes across the middle like Meryl Streep. Not like Nobody. <laughs> Nobody goes across the middle like Meryl Streep. Yeah, just, it was, it was fantastic. But her, Corden, Nicole, Nicole Kidman, and a bunch of really great young actors. It's just, it's going to be magical. It's going to be fun and dazzling and heartfelt. I'm really, really looking forward to it. I can't, yeah. I cannot wait. I mean, I, Ryan's one of my favorite people and I want to play Ryan. Yeah, you play Ryan in a movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so good. This was so fun. I'm so glad that you came on. I, I've been such a fan, and, and everybody told me I would love you. And it's, it's, they're like, no, no, you don't need to do any notes. You don't need to prep anything about him. You're, <laughs> you're going to love each other. And indeed, it's, it's like, I think we could talk for five we more could, hours. We could talk for five hours. No, this is, this is wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, I did want to say... Uh, I'm always supposed to say hello from Fred from Fred Savage. Oh, always supposed to say hello from Fred. Fred Frederick J. Savage. I love Fred, that boy. He's the best. I thought of Fred because I thought when I see you, I think of Fred, and he also he, Fred taught me your memorization technique. Oh, he did. He yeah yeah yeah. And Elle and I produce a TV show on National Geographic called Brain Games. Yes, and it's it's all about how the brain works and why it works. It's on mm -hmm. Disney Plus right now. Um, there's my plug. There's my and, yep. and very well and, done. And it uh, there's a guy named Nelson Dellis from Miami, Florida, and he is a four-time uh, U.S. memory champion. Like uses all different parts of memorization in memory, and he um, he has a, a a YouTube channel where you can subscribe and he gives you memorization tips. 
And one of his tips was that technique that you, that Fred taught me that he learned from you about the writing down the first letter of every single word of the yeah, so, speech. So what, what it is for, if, if anyone out there is interested, if you have a, a speech to give or, or something like that, you, instead of writing the speech, you write only the first letter of every word, but you include punctuation. punctuation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I thought was fascinating. Um, and so the, there's something about as you're writing it, you're already reducing it down to a letter instead of a word. Mm-hmm. And then when you study it to learn it, you are only looking at this sort of cr- this this new version. You never look back at the original unless you absolutely have to. And it 100% reduces your memorization time, at least by half, at least. And yeah, because, because you have to, you, right? You have to rely on your memory to, um, to, because the word, the, the letter now becomes a symbol for not only the word, but the concept. Yes. It's, it's fascinating. That's right. Yeah, I learned. I actually have to give credit where credit is due. I learned that from Allison Janney on the West Wing. You weren't, I, that's, I knew you learned on the West Wing, yeah, from Allison, yeah. Speaking of memory, tipping of memory, I have a show actually that is premiering on May 20th called Game On on CBS. So it's going to be taking the place of Survivor when Survivor's done. Yeah, so I know we get the 8 p.m. slot on Wednesday. And it's so if anybody wants to know, it's a great show. It's a fun show. Anybody can watch and it's sports oriented. So it's a panel show. I'm hosting it. Uh, Venus Williams is on it. Uh, Rob Gronkowski is on it. Bobby Lee is on it. And uh, the guy who's the, the head writer for um, Late Night with uh, James Corden, his name's Ian Carmel, funny guy. And we have celebrity guest comedians and celebrity guest athletes. So like Ronda Rousey's been on the show. Uh, Terrell, uh, Terrell Owens has been on the show. And then you have people like uh, Ken Jeong and Kevin Nealon. Big Poppy was on the show. It's really great. Oh, it's, Big Poppy. Yeah, Big Poppy. Hey, yeah. G- G- Key, you know, who you, you know who you need to get on that show, of course. Who's that? Rob Lowe. The coldest. The coldest. We got we got to get the coldest on the show. If you don't get the coldest on that show, that's the best. This has been the best. I'm, this is a wonderful way to spend some time. Thank you. Thank you, Rolo. Oh, my face hurts from smiling and laughing. I mean, he is what a lovely man, and just just that energy, just even coming off of the computer and the microphone overwhelmingly fun and positive and awesome. I'm going to now spend the rest of my day thinking of more names for NFL players. I know you are. Come on. Because you are the coldest. You, you, my dear listener, are the coldest to ever listen. Thank you, and I will see you next time on Literally with me, Rob Lowe. You have been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe. Produced and engineered by me, Devin Tory Bryant. Executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile. Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Stitcher. The supervising producer is Aaron Blaird. Talent producer, Jennifer Samples. Please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Stitcher.